the only thing worse than a root canal is looking for a job on the internet. Hello everybody, this is Anthony Moore with Career Daily. I am here to put the human back in human resources. Let me be your competitive advantage on the job market. It is dog eat dog out there. Our research companies, new industries, I'll dig around, I'll figure out who some of the hiring leaders are, and I'll post all this information on our exclusive Facebook networking group. You'll also hear amazing interviews from professionals that I'm interviewing all across the country. Some are inspiring. Some are very informative. Some duds. I'll leave the duds out. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hey, everybody. It's Anthony Moore of Career Daily. We've got part four with Dr. Stephen Muller, the VP of Talent Metrics. If you want to get a complete background on Dr. Stephen Muller, check out part one. But today, he completes our questions and answers and miscellaneous thoughts on assessments. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. All right. As we look at the final section, this idea of you know client strategies when implementing an assessment, I think we're going to have HR professionals, we're going to have hiring leaders who are listening to this and they're thinking they need to start. They want to begin this process. So, Stephen, what are some of the 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 first steps or advice you would give to a company to start this process? What strategy should they use to start implementing these assessments? Yeah, Tony, that's yeah, great, great, um, great question and certainly a timely topic. Um, I think there's um, a lot of popular press. You know, if, if you keep up with the news, um, baby boomers have started retiring. And what organizations are starting to wrestle with is this, as the baby boomer generation starts to retire, there's going to be more roles than people because the generations that follow them are much smaller and potentially the millennials aren't ready to step into those leadership roles. So this you know, concept of starting to implement assessments to figure out who is going to be your next round of leaders is very timely. And it's, of course, very important because, as, as I said, as the baby boomer generation starts to retire, who's going to step up and take those roles? There's more jobs than people. You know, if I had to make a recommendation on where to start, um, I would initially look at which roles do you have the most exposure? Where are the pain points? So as you start to have retirement, or maybe if it's not even a, the baby boomers retiring, if you have a role that has very high turnover and or roles where performance is consistently not what you're expecting. Um, I'm thinking about sales roles, for example, if there's certain areas where a quota is not being met. Or maybe if you're a healthcare system and you consistently have low patient satisfaction scores in some regions, or perhaps you're a call center and your customer service metrics are tanking and you're just not sure why. Um, when you think about implementing assessments, I would look at those roles that are strategic priorities for the organization, uh, those that drive revenue where performance is not where it should be, or perhaps turnover is really high in those roles. I would start there. And uh, the question to ask yourself is, if I were to implement an assessment, what would it look like? And of course, that would lead itself into some of the conversation we had before on partnering with a, you know, a consulting company, an IO psychology consulting company to help you navigate some of those issues. I think that makes sense because you wouldn't want to roll out and make this investment unless it was going to be impacting the company either in a boosting revenue or reducing cost or improving customer relations. So those are the kind of the key areas that companies 
are always looking at. So I think you've, you've really hit it right. Those are the pain points. If you're struggling in those areas, those are the areas that you'd want to start. So as, you know, as a staffing executive, some of our clients do use assessments. And when we do find professionals, the clients kind of take that candidate over and run them through their battery of assessments. Now, I've got some clients that don't use any assessments at all, and they rely upon us. And so what we end up doing is from our knowledge base, we create core competencies, say, for accountants or for salespeople, and we judge and evaluate our candidates that we're sourcing against the core competencies we know exist for certain functional areas. The, the core competencies are obviously different for a controller versus sales director. So I'm just curious, in your experience, are, are there ways that a, a, a company should consider partnering with a search firm? Or as you've just said, it's, it's really up to the company to take the legal responsibility for the assessments, and they can't, they can't push that to the search firm. Uh, yes, Tony, that's that's the way I've typically navigated that. Ultimately, the company is going to be making hiring or not hire decisions, and ultimately the burden is on them. They have to come up with a process, whether it's their internal process or, in your case, if they share some of that responsibility with a search firm, ultimately the company has to stand behind their process. Um, ideally, of course, given my reality and my interest in assessments, I'm always a fan of assessments being used. And that's really good to hear that in the absence of assessments, you've gone the next step to try to develop some competencies uh, for your audience. There's a great database out there called onet.org. You can search any role in the, in the country and you're going to find information on it. And that would give you a great amount of information on what any given role is. Um, Onet is actually a replacement for the Dictionary of Occupational Titles that existed some years ago. They actually made it uh, digital and basically you can just go out there, type in onet.org and you'll be able to do some research on jobs to figure out which competencies are important. And to me, whether the company does it or the search firm does it, there should be some sort of a job analysis done so you can appropriately screen candidates. So here's the tricky part, as we talked about earlier with the validity and legal issues and the, the problems that you can run into. If you try to do it on your own, you see it may not be valid, but at least you can identify some of the core competencies and you can improve your ability to ask better behavioral questions that tie into the traits, that tie into the behaviors that you want your candidates to be exhibiting because we are talking about management. We are talking about leadership roles. So it is absolutely worth the investment to either create your own core competencies or use a, you know, an IO psychologist to create these job studies. I, I have to agree with you on that because trying to identify and predict performance in candidates is one of the hardest tasks that an HR professional has. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, people are, you know, funny like that, right? If you only have a couple of interviews and the interview questions aren't standardized, you're not sure which competencies are being evaluated, it can really, you know, turn into a crapshoot, you know, excuse my language. I mean, how would you, you know, know, know what you're supposed to be asking? How would you evaluate the answers? So, yeah, having competencies, um, 
think of it as the field goal. You know, you have the field goal post out there. At least you know what you're, you know, aiming at, and you, you can take it from there. And to the extent that you can standardize those competencies across candidates, that's even better. And you said something that was interesting, Tony, about you know if you did this on your own, it's you know it's not valid. Validity is a continuum. So anything you can do as a search firm or as an organization to improve standardization and actually link it to competencies, you will move more towards the validity end of the continuum. So your efforts were certainly a step in the right direction for sure. Oh, I see. Well, that does give me a little more confidence because we do we do put a lot of time and effort into creating those. We have our own database and our own methodologies. And you mentioned that website, by the way, I, for, for the listeners and for the audience, I will link that website into our exclusive networking group on Facebook, which is Career Daily Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. It is an open group where listeners, they can join and they can you know see the transcripts of these podcasts and you can see other members and do more networking. And I'll put a link to that uh, to that website because that is a great website to go and start figuring out what core competencies are associated with certain job functions. And I've done that for my, my current company when they, when they try to hire people at the branch level or they're trying to hire certain accountants, I can put together a competency model, give it to the hiring leaders and they can see these are the, you know, six to nine traits that we need to be identifying yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in there, um, way back when, when um, IELTS psychology, you know, started, the concept of knowledge, skills, and abilities underlies every single job. Uh, my my thought is that knowledge and skill interact to produce ability. Uh, so to the extent that you have good knowledge and you have a chance to do some task over and over, you develop a skill that ultimately produces an ability. So you will see all of that on ONET. Um, it, it gives you a lot more information around pay, work environment, things like that. But it's, it's certainly a great resource to use. Stephen, this has been a fantastic overview. We went deep in some areas. We kept it broad in some others, but I think this gives everyone a great overview and insight into the importance and the complexity and the necessity of at least beginning to try to put something, some standardized process in place when you're trying to hire, particularly for your leaders and for those management roles. And to your point, we do have an aging population. They are retiring. And before we have the coronavirus, before we had these mass layoffs, there were certainly many, many more jobs open than there were people to fill. So it's, it's incredibly important to be hiring the right people. Stephen, this has been a fantastic overview of assessments and what it's like for the candidate, the candidate experience. We've gotten a great understanding of why a test should be validated. It helps you know, mitigate any kind of legal issues you might have. And of course, some beginning client strategies. So we've got it all here. You've been just a, a fantastic guest. I'll put a link to Dr. Stephen Muller's information on LinkedIn within our Facebook group so you can reach out to him, make a connection. If you're a hiring company or a leader and you'd like to figure out how to go about this process, I'm sure he has some more advice he'd be happy to offer you. Again, thanks everyone for listening. Dr. Muller, thank you very much for your time today. Hey, my pleasure, Tony. Thank you for having me. Don't forget, head over to LinkedIn and follow me and then go to Facebook and join the exclusive Career Daily Facebook group. That's where I'll have links to the show notes and all the people and companies that we've discussed today.